Everybody awake? Good. Who's got the clicker? There we go. Watch. Watch this. All right. We'll begin with, are you sowing the seed? Actually, hmm. We had a change to this. Let, let's, uh, let's take this, just this slide down, and uh, we'll use the books. We're going to... Uh, do 800 for our opening song, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. We'll sing the first and last verse. What a friend we have in Jesus. Father, we're so thankful for the, the love and the compassion, Father, the many blessings we have, the physical things we have, those of, the, those of us that have regained our health, Father, those that are still struggling, please continue to be with them, help and strengthen them, Father. You bless us with so many things, but the greatest things you bless us with is your Son. A way back to you, Father. The love, the compassion, and the patience you have with us, Father, is unboundless. Be with us that we realize the love you have for us, that it strengthens us, that helps us to walk in the light, Father, and show that light to others. It is in Christ's name we pray. Amen.
For the Lord's Supper, we'll sing number 912. Burdens are lifted. We'll sing the first and last verse. <clears throat> Days are filled with sorrow and such a this is such a great thing because members of the church from all over the world we we all meet and we don't all sing the same songs we don't all all the all the ministers they don't they don't they don't preach the same lesson or have the same bible class or anything like that but this one part of the service we all do alike we're all thinking about the same thing or we should or we should be you know so it's it's so important not only the closeness that we feel here amongst the ones that, that are here we can also think about other people that, that we know they did the same thing today isn't that a beautiful thought shall we pray our God and our Father we're, we're thankful for this day we're thankful for the love that you have we're thankful for this quiet time and this beautiful place that we can come here and we can, we can reflect on Jesus and we can also reflect on others that are doing the same things as what we're doing here today or maybe they've already done it or, or maybe they're going maybe they're going to do it later but we know father that 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 their minds are upon Jesus and we're, and we're all thinking about him we're thinking about the about the sacrifice that, that he made the, on the cross. And we pray as we partake of this bread that we'll remember Jesus in, in a manner pleasing unto you. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Continuing in thanks, Father, we're thankful for the blood that was shed on the cross. We're thankful for the power that's in the blood, its ability to, to, to wash away sins. For we know without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. And we also know that, that Jesus' blood was the only one that, that was powerful enough to do it. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was sent by you. 
As we partake of this fruit of the vine, once again, we pray that we do so in a manner pleasing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen. Heavenly Father, we're, we're thankful for all the blessings that you've given to us in this life. We're thankful for the plans that you made years ago that, that you'd be able to take care of us and things were laid down and we can see now the, the how great of a job that, you, that you're able to do from year to year to take, to take care of us. We're, we're, we pray at this time as we return a portion of those means that that this also is an avenue that, that you use to take care of, of, of other people that, that, that aren't as fortunate as us. We ask you to pray. We, we pray your blessings upon this. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're able and you'd like to stand with a song before John brings our lesson. Sing the first, second, and last stanza We Saw Thee Not. <clears throat> we saw thee not when thou come to this poor world of sin. John is going to bring us. 
And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified, he told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe, because, not because of what you said, for we see ourselves, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let me just add, um, I'm not sure exactly where John's going with this sermon, but, but uh, I think it's pretty amazing how the influence that the Samaritans, uh, or, or that Jesus had on the Samaritans. Uh, it says somewhere in this passage, not here but elsewhere, that he stayed with them for a couple days. And uh, we know that Jesus had a, a very uh, pointed lesson about the Good Samaritan. He had stayed with them. He knew what their character was and what their potential was. And then uh, early in the book of Acts, Philip went and preached to the Samaritans just, just as the great persecution was started. It was one of the first places that... Uh, that the word went out from, from Jerusalem and, uh, and to Samaria, and there was a great response there. So it's just, uh, just you know, we think about the woman at the well, and like I, th I think John is probably gonna uh, tell us that there was a lot more that went on after that uh, than just, just that instant that day. Hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> All right. Um, well, thanks. Thanks for giving me this uh, distinct honor and privilege. Uh, it's very nice to be able to get up here again and, and speak in front of you. All right. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I would like to start this evening. In John chapter 4, I'd like to read verses 28 to 30. <clears throat> the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, Come see a man who told me all things that I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city and came to him. It is in mysterious and different ways that God comes to mankind. Mysterious and different ways that he shows up and comes to the rescue. A few short weeks ago, I stood on this stage in front of you. I told a story of how God used a memory in my life. At the bottom of a bottle of alcohol, when I was in the midst of my addiction, he used this memory to spur me on toward positive change. I spoke of the betrayal and arrest of our Lord, of Peter's journey down the mountain path, through a gate and into a courtyard, past a fire and onto the porch. And throughout the course of that night, he 
he denied our Lord three times and the cock crew twice. And Peter locked eyes with the master and he remembered the words of Jesus. He wept bitterly. But he didn't stay on that porch weeping bitterly, did he? Ashamed and afraid. Not too long after that, he found himself preaching on the day of Pentecost. I wonder, did Peter ever think to himself, how did this, how did this happen? How did we ever get here? Peter came a long way from Mark chapter 1, verse 17, when Jesus first said, follow me, I will make you fishers of men, all the way to Acts, when we see him preaching, imbued with the Spirit, talking in, in all languages at the same time, being understood by many different people, that, that seems like a long way away to me. God reached out to Peter that night on the porch, and I'm so very grateful Peter didn't stay. God reaches out to us in many ways, mysterious and different ways. Tonight I'd like to look at another mysterious and interesting and different way God reached out to someone. This time we're going to travel back in time. We're going to look at a woman in Samaria that Christ chose at a well in the sunshine. The story is found in John Chapter 4, verses 1 through 26, her reaction and a lesson for the disciples as well as a lesson for all of us about the harvest being white and ready can be read in verses 27 to 38 of John chapter 4. And as Mike read just a little, a few moments ago, in verses 39 to 42, we see lives changed forever. In the heart of Samaria, Jesus met a woman at a well. And one of the most remarkable of encounters of Christ's ministry ensued. Their conversation, it ranged from mundane, from everyday normal talk to deep theological truth. Give me a drink, Christ said. They spoke of social issues. Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus said, if you only knew who you were talking to, you'd be asking me for a drink, and the water that I would give you would be alive, and you'd never thirst again. They spoke of her own personal struggles. Yes, it's true. It's true. You don't have a husband. You've had five, and the one you're with now, you're not even married to. They spoke of God. They spoke of what he is and how we are to worship God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. And as fascinating as those things are to me, as fascinating as that conversation is, and how remarkable given the, the relationship between Jews and Samaritans, that's not my, my favorite part of the story. I, I like the part after. My favorite verse in that whole passage is 29. Come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. He told her everything. He knew everything. This, this verse holds a special place in my heart because, as you all know, when I stood up here a few weeks ago, and some of you knew this, you know, from before, 
I stood up here and spoke. I'm a recovering alcoholic. I've been sober a few years now. And, and this process of one person knowing everything about someone else is very much like steps four and five in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. In step four, we make a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. In this step, our lives are cataloged. Everything is brought to light. We write about the things that happened to us. We write about our own behavior. We identify various forms of sin, like the seven big ones. We've got pride and greed and envy and lust and wrath and sloth and gluttony. We learn to identify unhealthy patterns in our lives caused by these various types of sins. We get down to causes and conditions so we can get to a solution. In step five, we talk about what we wrote about in step four with another person. We admit it to ourselves and the other person and to God. While parts of this process can be frightening, they can be difficult. No one likes the self-searching and leveling of their pride. No one likes the confession of shortcomings. Ultimately, it's a freeing act. It's a giant weight lifted off our shoulders. I imagine that's how that woman felt. She knew she wasn't alone anymore. She knew someone knew all about her and still accepted her. Jesus told this woman everything. And what was her response? What was her response? Well, thanks for the info, Jesus. See you around when it's convenient for me, of course. Thanks for showing me all this cool stuff, Jesus. But I've got a lot going on right now. I can't can't really hang out with you anymore. Got to go. I'm just going to get some water, and I'm going to leave. No. No. Of course not. That's not what she said. We all know the story. <laughs> um, we're going to look at it again real quick. I'm going to read two things that we've already read just to drive them home because they mean a lot to me personally. 28 to 30, once again, the woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, come see a man who told me all the things I ever did. Could this be the Christ? Then they went out of the city, and they came to him. She dropped what she was doing. She immediately told other people. Her faith grew. And then other people immediately responded. And they went to him. And skipping down, we're going to read again what Mike read. Verses 39 to 42. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all the things I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his own word. Then they said to the woman, now we believe not because of what you said, for we ourselves have heard him, and we know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. That's how it goes with an encounter with Jesus. Can there be any other response? You have immediate belief, then you have action. That action is followed with more action. You get the first group of people that believe they urge him to stay, so he stays. And then a second group believe, not because of what happened with the first group, but because of what Jesus 
than had done. I wonder, I wonder how many miracles he performed that aren't written down. I wonder how many lives he laid bare. I wonder how many people he listened to. I wonder if he raised someone from the dead. We don't know. We don't know. We just know he's incredible. He has a transforming effect on people. In John, the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14, it says, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory. Glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. If anyone, if anyone were to tell you about your life, you would hope it would be the guy full of grace and truth. She heard about her life through the ultimate lens of grace and truth. And her response was to immediately go tell others. I'd like to also read in Matthew chapter 28. I'll read verses 18 to 20. A lot of you know this is the Great Commission. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I've been coming to church a long time. You know, I, I, I started going in Orlando with my mom when I was a little boy in the 80s. And that's actually, that's where I met Mike Wall all those years ago. I, I started coming here in the late 80s. I, I've, I've heard a lot about the Bible. I've read a lot of the Bible. I'm in school now learning the Bible. I understand what this means. I get it. I, I know the Great Commission. I know what it means for me. I know what it means for a lot of other people. But there are plenty of things that I don't understand about the Bible. There are entire books that I don't quite get. But my problems with the Bible don't lie in the passages that I don't understand. My problems with the Bible lie in the passages that I understand all too well, and I still don't have the courage to act on them. This tells me clearly I am to go. I am ashamed to admit this to you. I invited two people here tonight. They're the first two people I've invited here in years. And I'm ashamed of that. I don't like that about myself. The first two in years, one of them showed up. My friend Casey. So I guess next week I'll invite four and maybe two will show up. Um, we need to get the message out. How often do you talk about Jesus with someone that doesn't know him? How often do you invite people to worship? How often do you respond to the great weight lifted off your shoulders? The great and central fact, I believe, of our lives as Christians should be that we have had deep and effective spiritual experiences that have revolutionized our whole attitude toward life, toward our fellows, and toward God's universe. The absolute certainty that the Holy Spirit lives in us in a way that is indeed miraculous. He has commenced to accomplish those things for us which we could never do by ourselves. How dare we not act? 
Should I ever need reminding of how I've been set free, there is a cross that bore the burden of the one who died for me. If you're anything like me, you know there's no middle-of-the-road solution. That's Christ or nothing. Tonight, give God a chance. Take your problems, whatever they may be, to him in prayer. Tell him all about it, just as if he knew nothing. In the telling, be absolutely honest and sincere. Hold nothing back. Our minds are sometimes shocked when we permit our hearts to spill over, but it is good for the soul. It promotes trust in him. If we would only have the courage to take a good look at our motives for doing certain things, we might discover something about ourselves that would melt away our pride and soften our hearts so that God could do something with us and for us. God can use us in many ways, just as he speaks to us in many ways. Sometimes it's a gentle tap on the shoulder or a nudge. Sometimes it's in a song or a chance meeting on the street. Sometimes God speaks to us in our circumstances and guides us as he is closing some doors while opening others. We're creation suddenly articulate with a thousand tongues to lift one cry. Then from north to south, from east to west, we'd hear Christ magnified. Let his praise arise from the altar of my life. Christ be magnified in me. I searched the world and it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade are never enough. But he came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied here in his love. I'm not afraid to show him my weakness, my failures, my flaws. He knows them all and he still calls me friend. The God of the mountain is the God of the valley. There's not a place his mercy and grace won't find me. Nothing is better than him. The God of Jacob, the great I am, the Lion of Judah. Hail the Lion of Judah. The Lamb was slain, but the Lion rose. Let the Lion roar in your own life. Tell others what he has done for you. Make no mistake, you were dead. You were dead. I said it a few weeks ago, and I'll say it again. I think it bears repeating. Our sin doesn't make us bad people. Our sin makes us dead. And you've been catapulted into life if you have accepted Christ. If you've received the gift of the Holy Spirit, you've had your sins pushed back. All our debt buried beneath the water, left for dead. And what is your response? If I put my own spin on what it says in the book of James, I am to count the joy from every battle. They're not really rejecting me. If they reject me, they're rejecting him, and that's on them completely. Tell everyone. Tell everyone. Has he taken you from death into life? Then tell someone. Think of what could happen. Think of what God would do if we told everyone we meet. How many times would we have wave after wave of someone coming in? How many lives would be changed for the better? How many would he save? How much catastrophe could we avoid? Think of the world we're in now. 
Think of how many mass shootings we could avoid. We live in a world where someone thought it was a good idea to walk into a school and shoot people, children. They thought it was a solution to some kind of problem. The only problem is sin, and the only solution is Christ. He has rescued me from myself, and I hope he has done that for all of you. Tonight, if you need him, he's available, and we can help you find him. If you, if you have perhaps stopped living for him who died for you, we can help with that too. Please come forward. We'll, we'll do anything we can to help. You're not alone. You're not alone. We're going to stand and sing now. Thank you.
Thank you, John, for another outstanding message. John's doing a great job with this stuff. So I'm thankful John's out here to do this. Um, I don't know, we're going to do something to get him some space to speak, too. So continue to do that. So thanks, John. Uh, thanks for joining us here this evening, whether it's here or on, on your own orange carpet at home. Uh, grab yourself a bulletin. I guess I'm here. Uh, grab some. They're online, too, and I mail some out. So grab yourself a bulletin. A couple highlights. Um, Betty with the radiation, she says she's got two more to go. So that's a good thing. She'll ring the bell this week. We'll, we uh, celebrate with that. Uh, Gail's knee, it turned out it was not a, uh, a blood clot. She's still got problems with the knee. Uh, the, I forgot a space in the bulletin and it says she has acne problem. So she says she does not have an acne problem. <laughs> uh, anyways, that was a joke. Um, it, it says A-K-N-E-E, -E. it's just, it's acne. It's just, anyway, sorry. Um, my, my own stupidity on that one. I got a card from Glenda, Glenda and Tommy. Uh, dear church family, I couldn't have made it without your help. Prayers, cards, visits, thanks a bunch. Thank you so much for all your prayers, visits, etc. It's been a real tough time, but I have made it through. I'm not good, but better. I miss all of you, and I'm looking forward to being back to church soon. Love you, and God bless. Glenda and Tommy. She had another note in here about the granddaughters. Amy Lockwood is... In her third round of chemo, I don't know how many times she has to do this, she's doing okay. Kaylee Brown just finished her last test, four days of shots and scans for her thyroid cancer. She is cancer-free after three surgeries. She has to be tested every six months, medicine adjusted, and gain her strength back, but she's quite a trooper. I think Kaylee's like 20 years old, but it's a good thing to be cancer-free. Um, it's good to have a letter from Glenda and Tommy. I talked to Glenda the other day. It's good to hear her voice. Um, says, she says we're going to be back soon. I hope so. Um, other stuff. Pantry. Food pantry is tomorrow. The, the giveaway is from 1 to 3. If you got time to volunteer to help the community anytime between 8.15 and 3.30, there is help needed here. So come on down. Uh, a lot of, some people are out of town and such, so we could, they could use the help. On Wednesday, 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 it's the Senior Adult Game Day right here at 10 a.m. Duck, Duck, Goose, decide which one you are. Um, it'll be a fun game. Somebody catch that on video, would you? You know you want to see it. Okay. Sign up in the foyer. There's a sign-up sheet in the foyer so you can bring uh, dessert, salad. We're going to have pizza at noon. So it'll be a good time, lots of games. What games do you guys play? Twister. Twister. Twister's a good choice. I I, I heard lawn darts too, but <laughs> it's uh, high-level stuff. Um, another note, uh, Mark C's called me this afternoon, Marion's son, if you don't know Mark. Uh, Mark is over at uh, Concord Street. He's a deacon over there. He is involved with the college-age ministry now. Um, they have a lot of the Disney as they've reopened up their college um, interns and stuff. They've gotten a lot of young people in there, and he said they are outstanding young people. He said they've, they've really raised the bar. But anyways, next Sunday, they are doing a coast-to-coast -coast road trip. They're going to start out at Cocoa Beach for sunrise. They're going to come to Titusville to eat donuts and worship here. So he said expect, he says he's hoping 30, 40 young people here. Um, I don't know what we'll do, but uh, when we were in Montgomery uh, up by Faulkner a couple weeks ago, they had a section just for college kids, and basically the note said, we know they're late, but we love you anyways, just save that spot. 
maybe that's what we'll do is kind of save them a spot so they can all be together somehow. So expect them. That'll be an encouragement to all of us. All right, that's about it. On Wednesday night, we're having Bible class here. I'm teaching. We're going to teach on idols. That's what we're going to do. I hope that'll open up some of this. Uh, we've mentioned idols several times in our discussion of 1 Corinthians. And sometimes you just blow by that. It's idols. Yeah, okay. Um, so we're going to take a look, try to take a look at that and maybe open that up. Um, thankful that you're all here. And uh, thankful you beat the storm. It sounds like it's still thundering. So stay safe until we can be together again. If you're able to sit, stand before the, this last song, before the prayer, sing, we'll work till Jesus comes, first and last stanza. <clears throat> oh, life. says I'm so glad that Jesus is my savior because he gives me life today and everything good. I like so much the lesson John gave tonight about scripture that I knew well and have read and um, have enjoyed and um, can hear it over and over again and it never gets old with me and it's such a good feeling. Tonight when I came in here I had mixed feelings for myself. I saw the food pantry, food set out on the tables, and I knew that I wouldn't be part of the volunteering to do the work tomorrow because of my injury. And I felt that life was passing me by, I told Sue. But I know that Jesus is healing me, and he's healing all people with ailments in the congregation, because that's what he's all about. And um, he heals me quickly and gives me a lot of strength. And uh, I know that I'm going to be back at that food pantry strong as ever when the time comes. But it's not going to happen in Peter's time. It's going to happen in God's time. And I know that today. And it's so warm to be in this room and feeling so well with the fellowship with the people because I love this congregation and they give me so much love and understanding. They never look down on me because um, they are good people 
and I'm so proud to be a member of the North Divide Church of Christ. That's all I got. In Jesus' name, amen.